Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. Yo, this is man like Doreen. Hi, this is Tom Thurwa. This is Veggie. This is the Asian sensation Kanji. This is the nightmare fuel hustle alone. This is Joe Rage, the heavyweight classic. This is Mad Dog, O'Dockery. This is Tonga. I'm the Breaker, Carl Kingsley. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. And you're listening to... And you're listening to... You're listening to... Broken but Glorious. Broken but Glorious. To Broken but Glorious podcast. Because like me, you are head to toe. Hello and welcome to Broken Up Glorious on bbgwrestling.com. I'm Chris Laff and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by the promoter of pro wrestling for you, Filthy Phil Woodvine. How are you doing, Stephen Phil? I'm not too shabby, Tom. How about you? I'm very well, yeah. Very, very well. So, yeah, huge thank you for joining me this evening. Uh, how you been surviving lockdown? Um, I've quite enjoyed This is going to sound really bad and it's going to make people hate me. I've quite enjoyed it. Um, I, I kind of like lost my job the year before last, and yes. uh, like I was kind of like struggling to to kind of like find work and struggling to stick work because when you've kind of been used to being your own boss at Press and for you going and yeah. doing like a normal nine to five everyday kind of job and being you know having to listen to other bosses, it's really really difficult because it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you, you heads up your own bum so much. The way when you're the boss of a company and you've got to go somewhere and be told what to do, your ego takes a bit of a kick in. So I kind of needed something to almost like make me humble of sorts, to make me say, yeah. okay, okay, I've got, I really have got no options. And I, I really need to shut up and just crack on with some work and not be such a, a gobby, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, it took a bit of a while getting used to working at home and having the kids here and then. Realise I'm actually at work. I'm not at home. Yeah. So, <laughs> in the beginning, but yeah, and, uh, yeah, not seeing lots of people is great. And <laughs> not being around. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Strange is not sitting next to you on the bus. It's brilliant. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's good and bad sides to everything, isn't there? Let, let's be honest. I mean. Um, if, if we want to go down the sort of hippie-ish kind of route, there's been a lot less traffic, a lot less pollution. You know what I mean? There's lots of silver linings we can kind of take out of this. Obviously, lots of bad stuff we can kind of take out of it, but also, it's just kind of made us all appreciate exactly what we've got. Well, at yeah, least definitely. Hopefully, it's made people appreciate what we've got. Yeah, I've loved, loved, yeah, I've loved being at home as the kids. I've went back, we went back to the office first time for a while this week, and I've missed the kids so much. Just not see it, yeah. Because yeah, when they're coming in the last couple of days, they come in at three o'clock and tell me all about the day at school and stuff. And then, yeah, <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's just getting used to being around people, like family, a lot more. It's been really good. Yeah, it's been, it's been yeah, a lot fun. Know, so. you know, I'm quite lucky. Like I, I, I'm not not married. I don't have kids. I've got a chihuahua named Gingerbread. So oh. <laughs> like, that's kind of it for me. Like, my missus lives in Liverpool, so seeing her is kind of like yeah, bits and pieces and whatever. But yeah, for me, it's just me and my dog. So not really all that much has changed. Yeah, it must have been strange this week for the dogs. He's, my, I've got a 10-year-old Labrador who's daft as anything. So, <laughs> so yeah, he's probably been by, this, by himself for the first time in a year today, probably. Oh, I'm saying the amount of times my girlfriend's back at work and the kids are back at school and I'm back at work. So it's, so yeah, he's probably loving it, just having the whole house to himself. 
Yeah, and then you've joined the already overcrowded world of wrestling podcasting with Snap, Crackle, and Cheap Pops. Um, it's a great yeah. show. It's a great concept with the idea for the show coming about. Um, thank you. That's very kind. Yeah, I mean, um, so I've been like, obviously, there's a million and one wrestling podcasts at the minute. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's crazy. I mean, I think we've kind of got you know, Comrade Thompson to kind of thank for that because he's, he's, he's the man, isn't he? He's, mm-hmm. yeah. He, I don't think anyone's ever going to beat what he does and how he does it and his approach to, to podcasting and all this sort of thing. And everyone, all of us are kind of riding his coattails. But, like, I, even though... Sorry, I'm just burped. Sorry, I've got a really gassy side. You want to go? <laughs> <laughs> um, even though there's, like, a million and one wrestling uh, podcasts, um, like, I love seeing people's creativity come out. It's mm-hmm. the best thing in the world. I love seeing that look in people's eyes where their eyes go massive and like, oh, I've got an idea, I've got an idea, I've got an idea. And they just roll with it. And whether it's successful or whether it fails, a uh, uh, slow, miserable death, I love seeing that creative process. And with podcasts, you know, no one gets it right, right at the gate and people grow in yeah. confidence <laughs> as they start talking to people. It's superb. It really is superb. That's absolutely awful. In my first couple of interviews, no, no, I, I, I got a bit better about time I started interviewing wrestlers, but I was interviewing footballers to begin with, and yeah. they're, they're hard to get a story out of anyway. Uh, do, do you not? Do you not think right? Because you just brought up a very good point. This, cause, you know, I'm not. I'll be honest. I'm not a football fan. It doesn't really appeal to me. I've been to like one Stoke game, and I was like, well. It's quite a nice atmosphere, but I'm very cold because it's outside. Yeah. <laughs> and I've just spent like four quid on a pie. I'm not really enjoying it. Well, like the interviews after every football game, they seem to pick the most boring, bland, vanilla like person to interview. And they sit on the fence so much. There's yeah, also. So, have, so, it's, they're so media trained to death that you they can't. Yeah. yeah. And like how much. Like, everything else of them. To, you know, when, when they give that microphone to them and rather than the, the getting the typical yeah I think we played rather well we played rather well as a team we really forward to playing them again down the line because that to me that's boring I want a two cold Scorpio kind of <laughs> after, after a football match because then I'm like oh my god I cannot wait to the next football game but they're never going to do that because they don't want to say anything even close to being controversial and I, I get it football's not about that but it's, mm. It'd be so much better if it just took a page out of wrestling's playbook. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I used to always love you know, getting the old guys who played in the like seventies and eighties. They were those fun people to sort of because they yeah, didn't give two hoots. Yeah, that's back when they did loads of great stories. The shenanigans went on. They still drank and stuff. <laughs> and yeah, they weren't they just trained to death back then. Yeah. <laughs> I think I discovered your podcast when I was researching for, because I thought it was from a Stacey Rose interview, but when I looked at the dates, it can't have been. It must have been from like the Cycle interview. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, and I've listened pretty much ever since until recently, because you released about ten episodes in a week. So I'm so <laughs> <glad you're... laughs> I mean, I, I've got to like kind of chuck some of my team under the bus, and not in, in like a bad sense. Like we did six episodes for the first season, which. Yeah. I mean, I, I I can't really listen to them back because of those kind of six episodes. I sound wooden as anything. Like I hate hearing my own voice. It makes me mm. cringe so bad. But did six episodes season one, six episodes season two, and six for season 
I don't know, may have started season three and you did um, super athletes, and then you didn't release anything for age. <laughs> yeah, because um, that kind of brought us up to the middle last year when there was lots of this mm. sort of speaking out stuff going on. So we didn't really know who to talk to, who not to talk to, what to talk about, what not to talk about. For you know what, let's just leave it. But then we kind of cottoned a few off of mine and did six episodes um, for season three. But okay, we'll stick with just doing six episodes a season. And yeah. then uh, we started recording season four, and it was me, my announcer, Dan, and my DJ and right-hand man, um, Chrissy Steele. And we started recording season four, but we were going through every year of Progressive View because we were coming up to the 10-year uh, anniversary. And we yeah. thought, well... How about we go through each show and rather do one episode per show, let's just do per year. I said, okay, so we recorded 2011 and then Chris got really busy. He's got a, he's got about three or four podcasts on the go. Oh, Dan's, wow. re, Dan's really busy. We're trying to move houses and all this sort of stuff. And then I thought, well, I, I don't like waiting. I've got no patience. I am, I am <laughs> terrible with that sort of thing. So rather than kind of waiting to release that first episode of season four, I went back and thought, okay, well, I'm just I'm going to interview more people. I'll do more than six episodes for season three, and yeah. then whenever whenever those two guys are ready, then we'll release season four, episode one, and we'll start kind of on that one. So I think we're up to maybe thirteen, fourteen episodes, season three, and deal yeah. mark with my, my last one. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it's cool. I, I, I love it. Yeah, I've got, I've got, I'm up to made to last, so I don't know how many more after that I need to listen. I have, I have no, I've literally have no idea. I know you've seen it. Yeah, I think it's Dino, Sexy Kev, and somebody else, and then made to last. So I think I've got three more, and I've listened to <laughs> Yeah, I'm so. just glad people listen to it, you know what I mean? Because like, I know, I say I hate listening to my voice. I've got like a monotonal moany, stoky voice. Like my voice kind of sounds like if you left a Hoover on next door. Do you know what I mean? It's got that kind of moany kind of quality to it. So if I if I've got to listen to my podcast back or watch yeah. me on watch me on shows, like I I've got to mute like myself when I'm watching myself back on shows because I hate it. But I'm just glad people are enjoying it and um, we're trying to find our own little niche and just you know um, as long as people are enjoying it, we'll just keep on doing it. Oh, right. <laughs> Yeah, I hate listening to my voice as well, but I've just got used to it over the years. So, just, yeah. so where can people find your podcast? Um, we've got it on um, Spotify as well as like Spreaker and all those kinds of places. Like, Spotify is my sort of go-to. Um, yeah. If you type in either Pro Wrestling View or Snap Crackle and Cheap Pops, uh, it's there on Spotify. We got the name from it. It's a Pro Wrestling View show in 2017, 16, 17. We couldn't think of a name. Yeah. We're kind of going backwards and forwards, and um, I go you go through the typical hot dogs and handshakes and all this sort of thing. We were going to go with whose clothesline is it anyway? Because I'm, I'm a big improv fan anyway, so I kind of wanted to yeah, uh, cool. pay, tri- pay tribute to whose line is it anyway. But we're going to name the first or second show back whose clothesline is it anyway. So I thought, okay, well, snap, crackle, and cheap pops. Maybe. And it was the little avatars that we make for each episode. They're like little Powerpuff Girls. Because I'm yeah. not an artist. I'm not a graphics guy. I can do it all that about it. It's not really anything worth talking about. And you can make those little Powerpuff um, avatars uh, people really easily. And I'm not great with technology anyway. So it's just like, okay, well, 
the sort of animated kind of pictures of, of the avatars, Snap, Crackle, and Cheap Pops kind of looks a bit cereal box esque. You know yeah. what? Let's go. Let, let's just kind of go with it, and that's that's how we decided on the name. Oh, mate. <laughs> This is the Playboy Prince of Professional Wrestling, Lance Rivera, and you are listening to the number one wrestling podcast, Broken But Glorious. So who was your favourite wrestler growing up? Oh, um, I'm going I'm to have to ask. I'm going to answer your question with, with a question like, how old are you, if you didn't mind me asking? 39. 39. Okay, so same kind of like uh, era with me. I watched um, wrestling is the first thing I remember growing up. I'd mm. have been four, I'd have been five, somewhere along that kind of line, 19, I was born in 84, yeah. so 88, 89, 90, that kind of era, that's my sort of golden era of professional wrestling. My uncle would occasionally take me bits off, off um, Sky, I think it was Sky Sports at the time, and I'd just watch them over and over and over again, because like, we were really, really poor growing up, so I just watched the same video over and over again until he kind of gave me more. So people like, uh, I really liked like Crush for some reason. I I loved Crush. I just thought whether it's a, a heel or face, yeah. Crush, Crush to me was superb. Shawn Michaels, no two ways about it. If you grew up in the nineties, you were Shawn Michaels guy. You know, um, yeah, even like the, the the rocker stuff he did. Like I remember myself and whoever I was hanging around with at the time tying shoelaces around our arms, like our biceps, <laughs> yeah, like him and Marty Janetti used to do. Think, yes, we're the rockers, and then you notice your kind of forearms have gone purple. You think, oh bloody hell, <laughs> they're gonna have to amputate it or something. But yeah, so you try like cut shoelaces off your arms. But yeah, they're def- definitely Shawn Michaels and uh, yeah, Crush, Macho Man, Randy Savage. Oh, those kind Macho of Man, yeah, yeah. My my probably my yeah my favorite area is like ninety one to ninety four. I reckon it's I, absolutely. I can go back and just watch that over and over and over again. So, <laughs> yeah, Macho Man was my favourite growing up as well. You're, you're talking my language now because like a lot of people that I interview for my sort of podcast, they, they either weren't born when all this was going on, yeah. or they just, <laughs> or they just weren't watching it. You know, so for me, mate, you're speaking my language. I love late late eighties, early nineties wrestling. It's the best. Yeah, I think I think I think we got Sky. Well, I say we got Sky. I think my dad got a box from Dave and the Snooker Club. <laughs> 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 It was either just before Royal Rumble '92 or just before Survivor Series '91. It's around that era. Yeah, so yeah, so '92 is like yeah, my favorite yeah. Royal Rumble. And then they let me stay up late to watch WrestleMania eight on Sky Movies, wherever it was. <laughs> randomly, it was on Sky Movies, and I had uh, No Holds Barred on before it, and then oh, WrestleMania wow. eight was on after it. Oh, it was a brilliant evening. Oh. <laughs> Don't even know if it was live, or they just showed it later. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna have to go back and watch No Holds Barred. That's something I've not seen for a very long time. But uh, yeah, I think on VHS, yeah, I I've got it on the DVD. <laughs> I haven't got a video. <laughs> Yeah, I know it's going to be terrible, but I know I'm going to subject myself to it for a couple of hours, so... It's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I need to go find it on DVD. I've, yeah, I've only got it on VHS. Now. <laughs> <laughs> so what um, prompted you to Dawn the Tights and get into the ring yourself? Oh, oh God. Um, I don't, I'm kind of under the illusion that no one really gets into wrestling 
or mm. to do to do anything other than to wrestle. I know people go on to be announcers, and for me, for the most part, I've been a manager for the past thirteen, fourteen years. That's been I've done that more than anything. Um, yeah. And but I'm, I'm relatively certain everyone gets in because they want to they want to wrestle. They wanted to see what it's like and and whatever. Um, um, and I, like I said, I was I grew up really poor, so I was just some skinny, pasty. Um, little kids, and so I started wrestling training in 2007. It was in a place called Fenton in Stoke on Trent, a company called BWA that's no longer with us. Mm-hmm. And um, I, was, I had a very old school trainer called Chris Curtis, and I, I couldn't put any weight on. You know, he, with old school trainers, they kind of insist you look the part, so you yeah. need you need to put on muscle mass, and you need to tan up. You need to do, and I get it, you know. But I just couldn't eat enough to put on any weight. So uh, as you've kind of noticed as this podcast kind of goes on, I'm a bit gobby. Sometimes it's a bit difficult to shut me up. I can waffle like anything. And it was um, my trainer, Chris Curtis, one of his tra- uh, wrestlers called, uh, oh, what's his good name now? He wrestled as Mandrake. His real name's Garth something, but really good Irish wrestler called Mandrake. And both of them looked at each other and said, sorry, the F word, I'll try not to say it. Like, bloody hell, he, he, he never shuts up. Be a manager. I hate you just <laughs> talking to you now. And that's a weird compliment to take when someone says, I hate you, I want you to shut up, I love it. That's very weird, you know? <laughs> yeah. So from 2007 you know, onwards, I was like, cool, I'm going to train to be a wrestler, but I'm going to work the shows as a manager. Because I think... Anyone that does a general manage, uh, general manager, um, talent manager, those kinds of people, everyone in wrestling, referees, you know, announcers, all this sort of thing, everyone should know how to take a bump. Yes, definitely. Um, I get it if there's a medical reason not to. I fully understand. But for the most part, it can only help because there might be an occasion where a heel needs to beat up an announcer, beat up a ref, and you want to be that guy. He said, I'll do it. You know, I'll, I'll jump in. I'll take that bump. And then it it just works out kind of like that if you. So training as a wrestler for three or four years with BWA. Um, and never actually had um, a match on a show. I was always the manager of, of the heel, usually in, in the sort of opening match. I was always the manager, the manager in a suit. And in Stoke, occasionally people chuck like bottles of water at you and yeah, that's that sort of thing. So. Yeah, it wasn't until maybe oh, maybe 2015, 2016, I put myself on my shows, bought some tights, which yeah. are, are very Shawn Michaels-esque, I've, 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 got, I've got to admit. Um, and I said, okay, we've got a Rumble or Battle Royale, whatever it was at the time. You know what? I'm going to buy some actual tights. I'm, I'm going to get grow some self-confidence. And I'm going to put myself in, in a match because in, in a rumble, what can you really mess up? You've not going to learn yeah. spots. You just do a, bit, do a bit of brawling and someone will chuck you out. It's like, all right, cool. So, yeah, just did, did a little bit of wrestling. Kind of thought, you know what? This is actually, it's not bad. I'll never do it full time, but little bits and pieces I'm, I'm, I don't mind doing. Plus, I get to get to show off, and I get to dress in my Where's Wally outfit. So. Yeah, we saw that. <laughs> 2018 Rumble. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, 
I, I think in wrestling, you've got to not take yourself too seriously and you've got to be able to laugh at yourself. That takes a long time to learn. And the sooner you put yourself in some little wrestling trunks and go out in front of a live crowd that are shouting at you, some people try and grab you, people are taking pictures, you're being filmed. That will make you humble and that will teach you so much very, very quickly. Especially if you dressed up like a Wally, be announced as a Wally. <laughs> it, it, it does wonders for you. So like every so often I'll I'll dig the tights out and join in a part of a show. Did you have an idea of a character you wanted to be or did you take any inspiration from any classic um, managers? Not really. I say, like, you're a similar kind of age to me. So did you kind of grow up on watching things like The Young Ones and Bottom? Yes, yes. I love The Bottom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you'll, my you'll, mom you'll my, bottom. Bottom. my mom didn't like me watching Bottom, but we watched Bottom. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I mean, that came out, I think, is it 92 or 94? I want to say 92. So I'd have been eight when that came out. And my dad had three kids to, to look after. I'm the I'm the young kid, so I kind of got away with murder. So, Phil, what do you want for Christmas? Well, I want Bottom Live 1. Okay, I'll get you Bottom Live 1 on, on VHS. And I'm going to school, in primary school, quoting Rick Mail comments and saying words, <laughs> words like jugs. Could you imagine <laughs> it? A 10-year-old talking about jugs? Like, that's, that's nuts. <laughs> but I always wanted to be Rick Mail. I never mm. think... Should be going to wrestling because you can you can admire anyone you want. You know, you could say Shawn Michaels loved Ric Flair and kind of wanted to be him, but I don't think you should ever pattern yourself after a wrestler. I think you should bring in uh, movies or TV or music influences and bring that to wrestling because then you make yeah, it. More and I just wanted to be the wrestling Rick Mail. Um, you know what I mean? Just, I, I, I'm always pulling my face. I've got that kind of animated face like he has. If you watch uh, Drop Dead Fred, like I made me and the missus watch Drop Dead oh, Fred. I watched, that. I watched that quite recently. It's, it's amazing. Like, he tells an entire story just by like lifting his lip up and pointing his nose. He doesn't need to say anything. But he can tell a whole story just with those little actions. And I was kind of similar. My face... Is a bit animated. I was like, I want to be the wrestling Rick Mail. So I kind of came in, didn't really know what character I wanted to be. I, I got told I was going to be a, a a knobhead in a suit. That was, <laughs> that was that was the quote that stuck with me forever. Phil, I want you to be a really good knobhead in a suit. I was like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll get a suit. I'm already I'm already the knobhead, so fifty percent of the way. We're yeah. cool. So we're trying to we're trying to think of a name. And I kind of sort of, everyone goes down the alliteration route right out the right out the gate. They'll go like A A B B C C D D with their name, whatever. And I was like D D Dagan Deville D A Y G E N. Um, don't know where it came from. I just thought of it. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Announcers can't say Dagan. It doesn't no. <laughs> sound good coming coming off an announcer. And a girl I was seeing at the time said you should be like Phil T. So it kind of sounds a bit like filthy. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I could be filthy. That kind of works. And then a friend of mine said, no, no, no. Borrow from Rick Mail's The New Statesman, where he's Alan Bastard, be Phil T. Bastard. So that's that's brilliant. I love it. That's but amazing, for, yeah. <laughs> but for adult, obviously for adult shows, that's fine. But for family shows, I'll just be filthy because loads of managers just had kind of one word, 
uh, names, you know, like you like Slick and guys like that. So yeah, yeah I, I was just okay. I'll be I'll be filthy. I'll pay tributes to to Rip Mail to later on to Russell Brand to Peter Jones from Dragon's Den, like loads of that. But essentially, I steal so much from Rick Mail. It's it's insane. You just reminded me. I did go to see Bottom Live in about two thousand. You jammy sod. I never got chance. I'm so wounded. Yeah, uh, yeah. I went out there in Liverpool. Me and my girlfriend at the time went to watch Bottom Live. I think her mum couldn't go, so they gave us tickets. What would it have been like the the, the fifth one? Because I know um, I'm trying to remember that year. Yeah, it might be the. It, fifth it was one. it was the it was the one where they got sucked up into a alien spaceship. I think. Yeah, I think it's um, an, an arse oddity, I think it's called. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this podcast has gone very weird, very, very subtle. <laughs> so what's the best advice you'd give to anybody who wants to get into the business? Oh, see, this is where I think I should say, like, learn your basics, learn your holds, and all this sort of stuff, like the wrestling trainers, Awesome yeah. guys like Ian Allmarks and the Keith Myatts. Anyone like that would tell people. But I'm not a wrestling trainer. I'm not going to teach people holds. What I would say to them is learn how to do improv. It doesn't get spoken about enough. That I've been in so many situations. Um, I think it's the November before last, someone in the crowd chucked a, it's a pint glass during my show. In the wow. middle, of, in the middle of a match, they threw this pint glass over the top of all the audience. How it missed everyone, I don't know. Past the tag teams in the ring, past Magic Market commentary on ringside, wow. past, and I'm it, like, it missed so many people. And you've got to think on the fly because we kind of had to stop the show, escort the person out, and the crowd were a bit shaken. Needless to say, you know, something like that happens. They're going to be a bit shaken. And you need to be able to think on your feet to get them back into the mood. Now, if you're performing in front of six people or 60 people or 600 people, it changes every time. And some people kind of go into shows with, I've got my match planned before I even get there, before I even know what the setup is, before I even know how many people are in the room, before I even know what kind of show it is, whether it's a family or over 18 show. I have got my match I'm not going to deviate from that, and that's that's not at all what people should be should be doing. I mean, the biggest pros in this business, guys like Ric Flair, famous for saying, "Oh, I made we'll call it in the ring." Yeah, definitely. Like they don't they, they don't plan. They go, okay, we've got twelve minutes. I'm going over, and it's a pin. Cool, we'll call it in the ring. Now, improv just means that call it in the ring, call it at ringside. Just completely know how to take. Everything that you can see, everything that you can hear, everything that you can smell, every, every sense that you've got, you take this improv in and you make it work. It doesn't always go over terribly well. Sometimes you can say things and people just stare at you like, mm, didn't go over, mate. But that's all part of improv. And people don't know how to fix something in wrestling when it doesn't go correct, you know, fully right, because they could come in with their match that they've got planned, they do it, and the crowd don't react. And they go, well, the crowd is a bit crap. No, 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 no. You. You were. Yeah. You, you, you went in with your ears closed and your eyes closed. You weren't listening to what this crowd wants. And if you'd have done a bit of improv, 
you'd have known exactly that. You'd have gone, okay, we need we need to change things up a little bit. If we need to stick a dance off in here, let's stick a dance. <laughs> yeah. And you know what I mean? That's just what improv is, and I, that doesn't get taught in schools, you know. So I think learn your improv. Just just do it with your friends. If you're in the pub, you're in the park. We got told. Um, this goes back to high school, so we're talking '95 until 2000. I took mm. drama, and the there's no tables, no chairs in this drama class, no, in this just big, empty square blue room. And the teacher would point at two of you and go, "Man." Wife, you're arguing over breakfast. Go and click your wow. fingers, and you just had to go, um, darling. Why do you pull me cornflakes? And then the other person, <laughs> I, know, I know that sounds really mad, but then the other yeah. person would then respond to your comments, and you just have to make up a scene. And there's no length of time it could go on for. She'd just point at other people and say, "Postman, go. You're the you're the family dog. Go." <laughs> and you'd have to just Amazing. walk into the scene as the family dog. So you'd hump some legs. like it, it was just madness. But to just go, okay, cool, let's just go with it. That's, that's improv, it's absolutely best. And that's when wrestling works best. If you take the bottom live analogy, anyone that quotes anything from bottom live, is it not the bits that they kind of mess up on? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, mm. that's, better, that's better than anything. When Obviously, we're trying to not swear on the podcast. I'll try not to do it. But they'll have a little, they'll have a little slip up. The crowd gets on top of them, and they give that crowd so much shit, so much banter. Yeah, it makes the crowds get into it more than you would have if they just even played. So, yeah, wrestling, wrestling people learn your improv, which I know that sounds weird. Because you've got to learn nothing because improv is everything, and it's nothing because there's no script. You've just got to think for yourself and go, okay, let's just see what happens. Yeah, that's yeah, it's amazing advice. <laughs> hey up, it's Leon Gray. And Ryan Thorne. Together we're made to last, and you're listening to Broken But Glorious. Did I read right that your first Pro Wrestling For You show was an over-18s show, or did you plan to go down the over-18 route? Yeah, it was. Um, the first two Pro Wrestling For You shows were over-18. Um, we did a student union, then we did a nightclub, I think it's about six months after. Mm. And we kind of thought there was, there was going to be a market for it in, in Stoke and Trent and Staffordshire. But yeah, Stoke really wants over 18 shows, and it really doesn't. Not at all. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the, the very first show we did draw, there's about 250, 300 students in the students' union. So it drew, but due to the amount of people we had on the show, it was an eight match card. We had. Loads of talent down from Scotland, so you're paying all those wages, you're paying all that petrol for the wrestlers in Scotland. Yeah. Uh, the venue was massive. Like We drew, but we spent so much that we actually didn't draw. We may as well have not drawn because we spent so much like, paying it all off. Moved it to a cheaper nightclub, downscaled it to a five-match card, drew about 45, 50 people. Again, lost our kind of arses on that. And is it that kind of at that point, my partner Kim Rocks, um, like she wanted out to wrestle and she was going through a lot of personal stuff. Mm. And I was, I was never meant to be the promoter, I was just the wrestling guy, and she was always going to be the promoter. But when she wanted to leave, um, we kind of sat in a pub talking and thinking, well, I really want to do this, and if I, I don't know how to do this like we've been doing it. 
I'm yeah. gonna have I'm gonna have to take it to somewhere that I know how to run it. So we decided to go to do a family a family show in a little village called Silverdale, which is where, where I was living at the time, where I grew up. I know all the shop owners. I know every street. I know every place to put posters up on lampposts. You know what I mean? Like, I know that village backwards, forwards, upside down, left, right, and all that sort of thing. I thought, yeah, well, okay, well, we'll take take it to the little working men's club and let's see how it does. So I think we drew about 150, 160 people. It was a very small card. Was, we didn't spend all that much. And we thought, you know what? Stoke really does not want over 18 shows. Let's just do this. Let's just make it fun. And just because you do a family show doesn't mean it has to be all safe and punch and judy-esque you can still do like fun without needing to do blood guts barbed wire and all that sort of stuff you can still see still like um my local promotion the wrestle island they had a pretty hardcore last man standing match between scott overman and cameron solace their last show there's no yeah. blood there's no nothing but it was pretty boost brutal if you go back and watch it now <laughs> So you can't you I mean, can do things at family is shows. This well, the so. one, uh, is, it, is that the one where one of them chucks a chair at the other? And if it wasn't, yeah. or I can't remember what the referee's name was now. Oh, it's going to kill me. Graham oh, yeah, Greenwood. That's the guy. I love James to bits. He's so good. Sorry, James, if you listen to this back, I forgot your <laughs> name. I, I do love you. Like If it wasn't for him, that chair would have hit that little kid in the face. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? There's so much that can go wrong. But yeah, but for the most part, I mean... Wrestle Island, they've they've got it down to a T. Right? They don't need to to do blood and guts. They can just do good characters, good fun, and funny will always draw money. So yeah, cannot fault it. Yeah, my oh, my kids are so looking forward to when it returns. So I'm pretty excited as well. If it came up on my Facebook uh, memories, that was it's like pretty much a year ago. Yeah. That was our last show. And I was like, oh, that's depressing. So, so, so. <laughs> Not not long to go then, hey, fingers crossed, not long hopefully, to go. Hopefully, <laughs> So how did you go about assembling the roster for your first show? Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> I'm pretty certain it was Kim Rocks that booked the, the, the sort of majority of it. I mean, we got the back end of 1PW, which um, not many people kind of know, because I mean, 1PW from 2005, I think it was opened, um, it, it was a big deal in this country. I mean... They were drawing eighteen hundred people to the the Doncaster Dome. They were flying yeah. over TNA stars. Obviously, that was the straw that broke the camel back. But there's no two ways about it. One PW with a big name. Not as much by the time 2011 rolls around, and I think they actually did cease operations in late 2011. Mm. But we are there back in. So we we are there tag champs on, which was a Fire Club. Uh, I booked the Myatts to go against them, and I think I just booked one match earlier in the night. Um, who was it? It was Paul Malin versus a local guy called Scott Schuyler, and that was kind of it. The rest was Kim Rocks. These are all that's why she booked Scottish talents because she used to work at the Scottish wrestling camps, and yeah. those are the those are the people she used to know, the ones she could rely on, and just give them a call. Yep, no problem. We'll fill, you, fill you a couple of cars. Cool, and then. It just kind of went from there. Do you find it difficult to like let go of control during the show, or once the show started? Um, yes, and yes, and no, sort of. I mean, anyone that's kind of seen me on show day, 
I, I am a, I am a sweaty mess. I am running, <laughs> I am running all over the place. I'm trying to be everywhere at once. I want to be in the locker room prepping the matches. I want to be on the on the stage behind the curtain, kind of trimming matches as we go. Because if matches kind of run a bit long, I try and edit it as we go. So if a match has got 15 minutes, I say, no, 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 you're in the main event, but we're going to take you down to 12 minutes rather than 15 minutes because they're taking a bit long. That sort of thing, kind of edit yeah. as we go. Um, but I'm, I'm getting better at it. It's just relinquishing kind of control to other people. It, it's it's difficult when you're a bit of a control freak. You know, it's it's not easy. How did you go about choosing your first champion? Was it Pitbull or was the first champion? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I have no idea why, where I would have even met him. I I, got, I, I can't, I literally have no idea. I'm going to assume it would have been... Uh, it's RWA because I went to go watch a few shows just to kind of see who do, who do we want to get on the person for your roster. I mean, Pitbull's the most intense guy in the world. I was like, I quite like it. That's yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, so it took me a couple of matches to get to start to get get what he was doing because I was when I was. Yeah, I mean, he's he's things that make he's like that backstage. He he does everything so intensely. Like if he signs a poster. Like, he is the most intense signature. He may as well be doing it in blood. Mm. It's, that, it's that intense. Just, he smokes cigarettes intensely, like it's the last breath. Like, he's just naturally, <laughs> he's just dead characterful. You know, it's, it's crazy. And um, we wanted to kind of start start off with you know, a good, strong babyface champion. And he was just a really good option because it was him versus Dave Ray, and Dave Ray had a really good heel. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Pitbull was just the the perfect choice to the point that we made him a two time champion uh, a couple of years later on. When you bring in big names, how do you decide who's going to wrestle? Um, I don't really know. Because um, we we had some people that that have gone on to be big names, and we had Kaylee Ray on that first um, ever press few show, and she's gone on to be NXT UK Women's Champion. Yeah, we Tony. Tony Storm on in, oh, in wow. I want to say 2014, 2015. It was only a blinking your miss it kind of thing. She did mm-hmm. like an eight an eight minute match. It was Tony Storm and Barricade versus Bigface Pitbull and Lana Rustin. Wow. Like a, like a, <laughs> it was only about eight minutes, and then they, her Tony and Lana had to leave. It's good. Remember HXC in Manchester, an over 18s company. And it lasted about two years. Yeah, um, they're doing the they're doing like a double that day. So they did our show, then jumped in the car and went, yeah, went to go do theirs. Um, and yeah, we just kind of like fit in where 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 we fit them. With guys like say Sugar Dunkton, we had him three times the year before last. I keep wanting to say last year, but it wasn't last year. It was, the year it was, it was early. It was two thousand eighteen, wasn't it? Yeah, I, 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 I interviewed him just before he came over. And, yeah, it's, and he went massive. <laughs> I, I mean, it's fair play to him. The guy, the, the guy is working it. Um, well, no, we just um, wherever the story dictates. Really, I mean, we if we bring in a name, someone like a Sugar Dunkerton. I mean, Sugar will do anything. Like <laughs> I'm, he's the easiest guy in the world to say. Okay, at the end of the show, we want to do something a bit silly. Are you cool with that? Of course, I'm cool with that. Right? He, he doesn't care. He really yeah. doesn't. Um, I, don't know, I don't know how many times I've watched that too cool segment with Ryan Lloyd. Because <laughs> it's, it's got Ryan Lloyd and Sugar Dunkin' to save my five. You're all just, yeah, we could watch it. Yeah. 
I mean, like, Ritmo has got all the talent in the world. Like, he, he did a worm with the sunglasses on, and the sunglasses didn't even fall off. He's, yeah, and Ryan is the most, like, <laughs> uncoordinated, uh, rhythmless, <laughs> uh, pasty white guy in the world. And even he gives it, like, a little dance, and, oh, it's so good. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> honestly, like that that main event will be one of the best main events I'll I'll ever produce. Just superb, really superb. But yeah, I don't really have a. There's no process to no. whoever they they go against. It's wherever the story dictates, you know. So you don't have like a, a go to guy when you bring in another inbox like Wrestle Island. They kind of they bring something in. They kind of give it to Terry, is it? Yeah, um, maybe. I mean, typically we've given it when we brought Dean Allmark in. Uh, Mark, even put him against Mark Morgan because Mark's a really good main event wrestler. Like he's got a, such a good ear for mm-hmm. wrestling shows and wrestling matches. He's a bit hard on himself sometimes. He never gives himself credit, but he kind of knows to, when to pace himself, when to speed it up, when to speed it a bit down, when to bring the audience in, when to concentrate on his points. He's just got it down to a T, and he's kind of got that JBL esque illness about him that people mm. just think look I know he's a wrestler and on the show he's a bit of a cock apologies but in real life he's also <laughs> in real life he's also a bit of a cock you know what I mean it, it just kind of doubles down on that cockness yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. No, I've been very impressed with him so yeah so well, typically, I've not had a chance Mark, to see him live yet he's uh, really uh, to see him. yeah he is, he, is, he is good so typically yeah Mark Morgan's kind of got the nod he, he's he had Shug Duncan twice He's had uh, Dean or Mark, and yeah, maybe Mark's probably the go-to guy. But we try and share it out. But typically, if we're bringing in sort of names, they tend to be baby faces. So I need to put them against the biggest heels we've got. And you know, that's if that's Mark at the time, that's cool. If it's someone else, that's cool as well. Cool. So, do you have um, stories going from show to show, or is it mostly contained within the same events? Um, a, a, a bit of each because we've got a really strange crowd in Silverdale and in Stoke in itself whereas they don't necessarily come along for the wrestling which is a very weird thing to say on a wrestling podcast about wrestling shows I yes. know that sounds really weird but the crowds let me think how can I put it uh, one of my friends came along to one of my shows one time and said and he'd it, been to about three or four and he said, look, I'm not a wrestling fan, but I, but I am a pro wrestling for you fan. And I didn't yeah. quite get it. And he just said, well, it's people are there to have a good time. They, they don't care about strong style. They don't care about 40-minute Ironman matches. They don't necessarily care about you know, the, the sort of slower, more technical aspects. They want a bit of fun, a bit of banter. It's that interaction with the crowd. That's what they want. Wrestling is like third or fourth down on the list, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then, like another friend said, yeah, you kind of like the Monty Python of pro wrestling. So again, <laughs> it's again, it's a weird, it's such a weird thing for people to tell that to the promoter because it'd be nice to have a, a legit wrestling product, but my fans don't want it. So what, I wouldn't push it on them and make them like it. If they want the two cool dance off at the end of the show, you know what. They can have it if they want Ritmo doing his silly salmon. They can have it because <laughs> uh, because that's that's what they come back for. So you know, so we try and keep storylines quite light. I don't like when people, I don't like general managers being involved because general managers just only ever see little bits. 
They only have a correct little bit of shows. They don't mm-hmm. correct at all. So I think, well, that's a plot. All that doesn't make sense. Um, I don't like when people bring out, oh, well, I've got a contract that says this. No one does contracts in wrestling. Even the fans know no one does contracts in wrestling. <laughs> sounds stupid. I hate it. Honestly, it's any owner that calls himself executive vice president get seems to get in the sea. Just start, <laughs> start doing that. It's you, you do a show in a working man's club in front of forty people. You are not executive vice president of jack shit. Please stop. <laughs> but storyline wise, you you can make it really really simple if you just bring it back to what every story stems from, and every story stems from the seven deadly sins, greed. Uh, yeah. well, to me, blah, 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 whatever. And that's all it needs to be. It doesn't need to be a long-winded, um, over-the-top storyline. Like, we're not making it for Netflix. We're making it for, for the live crowd. I mean, the live crowd don't only care about storyline, but they do care about the banter, the language, the... Let me think. What can I compare it to? Have you ever seen a show called uh, Roast Battle? It's an MTV show and basically just two people get up on stage and they insult each other and the, cra- the crowd makes a noise that wrestling crowds make, especially at first. If you admit this, that's a, that a bit close to the bone. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's all storylines need to be, you know. If the only storyline is if it's me and you, we're a heel tag team, and you keep tagging yourself in to get to get the pin, and as soon as they kick out, you tag me back in, you're going to then make me look like a good guy by default. We don't need to say anything. We don't need to do anything. We don't need to do a big, long-winded backstory. Oh, these two used to train in the woods, punching trees. We don't, <laughs> we don't need yeah. to do that. We just go, the other guy... He's a bit of a cock, but he's more of a cock than this guy. He's less of a cock. So that's all I need to know. And yeah, storylines don't need to be any any more than that. It can just be about emotions and personalities. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Do you have any tentative dates or plans for the restart? Um, yes and no. It's We don't want to be the first company that does a show back. No. Uh, way too much pressure on those shoulders. I mean, if you've got to do a show with people still wearing masks, don't want to do it. If people can't sit next to each other, I don't want to do it because that's what wrestling's about, you know. you got fans adding other fans on Facebook after the show because they sat next to them. They had yeah. a good time. And they bought each other drinks and then they start asking to sit next to each other at the next shows. Now, if we can't do that, why would we do it? If you've got to sit there a meter apart with a mascot and you can't stand up, you can't cheer. What's kind of the point? <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. Um, so we're, we're going to push the reboot back to September, um, mainly because of the reasons I just said, also because I don't trust that things won't double dip. You know, everyone's going to be out in the pubs, the clubs, restaurants. It could get a lot worse. So... I don't want to plan too much because then we've got to cancel too much. And I prefer to not book anything than to book it all and cancel it. So looking at one show in the middle of September, one show middle of November. Um, so just two shows, see us out for the end of the year, couple months between them, restart some storylines, uh, freshen up the roster. We've, had to, we've dropped a few people, so we'll be adding a few new people in. Um, and 
yeah, come, kind of come back with a bang. So will the next show be your 10-year anniversary show? Are you? Um, I yeah. suppose by, by sort of default, it, it probably will be. We're, we're trying to go, because um, it will be a sort of six months uh, after the official anniversary date. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll just treat it as a reboot. We're just going to say, you know, we're back and, you know, we've missed the 10-year anniversary, but you know what? That, that was then, this is now. Let's crack on with the show and just kind of go from there, really. Are you keeping the same champions? Because I've seen some companies have like strip vacated all the titles and they're going to go back to yeah, we, we, like we a vacated. proper restart. Yeah, we we have, we can't do a reboot and only kind of half-arse it, really. Because you know, um, I don't really like with champions to say, well, I've been a champion for two years. Dude, you've wrestled nobody. Like, stop yeah. doing that. It's, it's really cringeworthy. So we kind of we kind of called a stop to it maybe September, August last year, somewhere in that kind of time frame. Mm-hmm. And said, like, we're going to reboot it because this is going to go on for a lot longer than we say. Plus, it gives us more um, sort of more play with the storylines because people will want to see a crowning of a champion rather than people coming out and saying, hey, two years ago, I had an issue with this guy and today we're going to carry that on. Why? Let I let it go. That's two years is too long. So yeah, yeah a f- full reboot, new tag champs, new G six champion, and new heavyweight champion. Oh, brilliant! Was Drill your last champion? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He didn't really have it all that long. I think it was maybe three months. He, yeah, months. I said he just won it. So yeah, yeah he, he wasn't terribly happy, but he's he's a promoter himself. He gets it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's weird, it's weird when we watch not drilling other promotions is because he's such a bad heel in Wrestle Island. So when he's this good guy in all the other promotions, just it looks quite weird to me. To me, I need to see him more. It's like when we I see mean, big, big guns, Joe. And we yeah. can't sing tiny, tiny Joe with him because he's a good guy in this promotion. <laughs> We're like, what's the point? <laughs> we like to sing tiny, tiny Joe. <laughs> We could still sing it and let him sing along with it. If, he's yeah. a, if that was me and I'm the face, mate, I'm, I'm going to sit in the crowd with you and sing along. So yeah. <laughs> again, it just goes back to that improv. Just use what you've got. The crowd aren't going your way. Join them. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so since your last, our last show, you did have the speaking out movement. So how do you hope Brit Rest will be different when it returns or? How you're hoping it'll be different? Um, well, I mean, let's be honest, it, it can never go back to what it is. No. Um, and that is most definitely a good thing. There's no two ways about it. There's a lot of people treating it like it's a youth club, like it was uh, like not very serious. And I get it, because wrestling's meant to be fun. It's meant to be kind of a bit ad hoc, a bit improv. You know, it's not meant to be like... A nine to five job where you have to clock in, clock out. It's much more free and easy. But unfortunately, obviously, people took a lot of um, uh, a lot of that for granted, and um, obviously did a lot of horrible things, kind of in that time frame. I think we're going we're to see like a major, major freshen up of everybody's rosters. Like it's such a hot topic that people won't stand for shit. If, if one person hears that, oh, by the way, this um, this female talent was backstage at, at, a, at a show, and um, this male wrestler kind of went, it went to squeeze past her and openly groped her, say some, something like that. 
like hopefully that female talent will no longer be uh, kind of scared to, to speak out on them, to speak to the promoter, speak to the, the promoter's team, and is not going to be scared that they're going to lose a booking because now it's so out in the open that it kind of has got a lot of the wrongdoers scared. Like they've all they've all run and hit. You know, they've all deleted their Twitters, deleted their Facebooks. Yeah, it's definitely. going to be a lot more a lot more open. There's going to be a lot more chances for a lot more hardworking talent that might not have got a uh, a, a shot um, at any other point. So it's it's going to be such an like, uh, it's going to be such carte blanche for so much talent to go. Okay, there's a massive vacuum now where all these names are now gone, and then hopefully never coming back. We need to fill that vacuum. We need we need to you know, step up our game, better better gear, bigger bigger but safer moves, bigger personalities, better promos, and hopefully people are going to think that we've got even better talent than than they even thought we had to start with. So, yeah, it's all, all about the talent. It's all about the opportunities for them. Yeah, there's so, so much talent. I don't think any of them are going to be missed. This is Synergy Super Athlete Troy Ryan, and you're listening to Broken But Glorious. Uh, so using wrestlers you've ever worked with, trained with, wrestlers who are associated to you in some way, if I give you a match type, you can tell me who you put in this match. Yeah, superb. Cool. So, who will be in your opening contest to get the crowd excited? Right, right. Um, so I've got a couple. I've got a, so obviously you want to start the show nice and hot, do you? You want fast, mm. high-paced energy. And for me, uh, Ritmo has to be in that spot. Well, yeah. He's. I. I can't say enough good about him because he's just is the guy. He's the go-to guy because he's not just a fast-paced high-flying guy, he can do actual lucha moves. Lots of people yeah. claim lots of people claim to be able to do lucha. They can't. Ritmo, the rogue lucha pirate himself, I would have to put him in. And I think a really good contest uh, with Ritmo would have to be Lance Rivera. <gasps> yep. Yeah. Yes. Um, I just think Lance and Ritmo would have such great chemistry. Uh, they're not a million miles away from each other in terms of being... You know, confident, almost a bit cocky. Obviously, one's a bit more cockier than the other. Um, yeah, but yeah, I could see them two having a really, really solid match. And you know what? Both of them work for Pro Wrestling for you. So, fingers crossed. At some point, we can we could actually get that match. Anyways, we have, we have a running joke on the podcast that none of us have ever seen Lance win a match. Have you ever seen Lance win a match? <laughs> oh, that's, that's a good. Um, did, did you? I think we won our charity show, our Oscar Mania 2 show, is in a triple threat match. All right, okay. <laughs> I'll have to go watch that. <laughs> I'm, I'm doubting myself now. I don't think... Um, <laughs> I, I think he did. I'm relatively certain he did. I, I, I don't know. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> <It's obulence. laughs> What about a comedy match? Oh, oh God. See, I, that, that's that's my wheelhouse. I love comedy and wrestling, especially when it's done really, really well. Yeah. Um, so, like, you can either have two funny guys, or it's better to have one funny guy and one really straight-laced guy. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, I like that dynamic more, because you've got one person to play off, so it makes it even funnier. Um 
So I'm going to chuck in Ryan Myatt as my straight-faced kind of guy and uh, Jack Nudson, who's one-third of AWOL. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they had a, such a good match at, I think it was the last show I actually announced. It was Unstoppable Wrestling in Burnley, March the 14th, like a day before lockdown. And they had such a good match. And I was just to the point that I forgot to announce the winner because I'd enjoyed it that much. Wow, mate. <laughs> yeah, but obviously, uh, Ryan, I can't say enough good things about Ryan Myers. People kind of are a bit. What we're going to pick. The, they don't give him the credit he deserves because he's Keith's son. Um, yeah. Obviously, Keith, living legend. And people say, well, yeah, Ryan's just kind of doing what Keith just used to do. And he, he does to a point. I mean, he's, he's bald of a beard. You know, it is what it is. But Ryan is, brings so much more to the table and he does not get the credit he deserves. He is a master of comedy. And he's someone that if you said to him, Ryan, I need you to wet yourself on the show. He's like, all right, mate, do you, want to, do you want me to do it for real or do you want me to do it fake? Like, he's that committed. He won't say no. He'll say, how do you want it? Do you want it real we or fake we? Like, like, and I'm all, I'm all about the real. So, <laughs> yeah. Ryan Myers and Jack Nudson, definitely. Yeah, I've just looked it up. Lance did win that match. So you have seen ah. it win that match. Yeah, I've got something right about what I'm hearing. Mate, after 10 years of pressing for you, I don't know my arse and my elbow. I know bits and pieces. I, I, I don't remember it all. <laughs> then you got a women's title match? Women's. Let me think. Let me think. Um, I, I've, I've always really liked uh, Luna Rocks. I think she's got so much, like, fire about her, so much fun about her. Again, she's someone else that doesn't take herself um, overly seriously. From the same show of that one that we mentioned that Lance won on, um, I'm going to get you a link to it because I'm pretty certain that show is in its entirety for free on the Person View YouTube channel. Oh, cool. I'll look that up. It's a six-man tag. So it's Luna Rocks, uh, a local guy called Matt Burns who runs the UKWA, and Drill, Versus Troy Goose, Bjorn, and Harley Harris. And Luna kind of helped Drill put a carrot up Bjorn's bum. <laughs> I'm trying so, to think, have I, have, I, have I seen the match? I've just heard somebody talk about I've probably heard you talk about that match on your podcast. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just think like Luna Rocks and Harley Harris. Now, Harley was going to go down a similar route to our Troy Goose. Troy's kind of doing a bit of a right to censor kind of deal with us that he's not doing anywhere else. And we kind of wanted Harley to be his um, ivory while we're choosing right to censor. Yeah. Um, kind of run out of time to, you know, to do it because we kind of wanted to do it last year and whatever. But yeah, so if we're going to put uh, two females in, it's going to be Luna Rocks and uh, Harley Harris. Oh, fine. Yeah, they've got like a hardcore extreme rules style match. Ooh, let me think, let me think. Because I'm not a massive hardcore kind of guy. No. People just tend to put it out there without a reason. And I'm, so like, I'm, I'm old school. If you're going to do blood, give me a reason. Don't, don't just say, hey, we're having a light tube match. Um, why? why? It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I've been the, let me think. Um I would love to see, and again, this is going to sound weird that I've picked these two, but it's going yeah. to be Keith Myatt versus Dean Allmark. That'd be interesting. Right? 
Because obviously Dean's very technical and very high fly. Keith Myatt is is the old bugger, so you kind of won't think you're just too much hardcore. I've seen Keith bleed over the years. I've seen Keith with flaming two by fours in the Doncaster Dome. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, like, and I think you know, Keith loves you know, doing those little bits. He doesn't mind being chucked in a trolley or in a bin and being chucked around. And, and I think no one has seen Dean Allmark go to that kind of extreme before. Because I know extreme mm. Dean, that's his kind of tagline. But I think with the right storyline between these two. I'd love to see what storyline I'd have to be to yeah. get into it. You know, like something really properly. Old school, a, a good, genuine story. I think that would be fantastic. Give them, give them a cage, you know, something where they're confined to it. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see that. Oh, who had that? Uh, oh, that that bull rope match where they had the the dusty roads had a bull rope match and they sh- apparently sharpened the cowbell in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe because I would come from like a coal miners' village, like all of us do. So maybe. Like, what was it, the coal miners glove match? Well, yeah, that's, that's, pretty that's, old, that's pretty old school. Jake Roberts and WCW. Yeah, something yeah. sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got your tag team title match? Um, I'm going to pick um, Made to Last. Yes. I love those guys so much. They, they've got all the talent in the world, and it's not just the talent that makes me love them. It's their... Their outlook—they're so positive. They okay, just want to—they yeah. just want to put on a good show, and yeah, they're there for having fun. I mean, we, we've had Leon Gray down at person for you once anyway, and we did a bit of a Super Mario gimmick with him, where we had like some Super Mario noises queued up, and yeah, each time, yeah, each time he, does, he did his, like, his double stomp, we had like the mushroom stomp noise. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like the, the speakers kind of blew halfway into that match. We had like so much more planned. We just couldn't play the Super Mario music for him. Oh, I, I know, but honestly, those two super, really, really great guys. Yeah, I, sp- I, I, I spoke to them. It was the end of August, beginning of September last year, I think. I interviewed them. Both really lovely blokes. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You know, just great sort of looks. They're not jaded. They're not you know, worn down. They just, just want to put on good shows. And that's that's the attitude you want, you know. Um, opponents, opponents. Um, have you seen? You must know the Synergy guys from Manchester. Yes, I, I've interviewed two of them so far. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of was it Chris? No, Chris is coming on soon. It was Keenan. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so we, I pressing for you as a big part of that school, obviously, which I'm not going to name because yeah, <laughs> we we're just not going to. And I like I love the four synergy guys. I had ideas for three of them, um, and I was still trying to ma- I was trying, trying to marinate on the fourth one for Jack. I had an idea to bring in the two big guys, so Ryan and Chris, and I kind of rebranded them as a borderline British gladiators tag team. Um, yeah, <laughs> wow. Yeah, they, they went they went with the name the Super Athletes. They quite liked that kind of. Um, dodgeball, you know, the movie Bad Guys, um, British Gladiators kind of vibe, and mm-hmm. they just absolutely ran with it. And I think they're just they're super. They're, again, they're two more guys that are just such healthy mindset that they just want to put on a good show, have some fun, don't take themselves too seriously. I couldn't, I couldn't ask for a better roster than these two tag teams. 
Yeah, definitely. That's too, that's great. That's a match I'd really like to see. <laughs> now you got uh, an intergender match? Ooh. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no for this one, mainly oh. because we've kind of like we we stuck with we um. What year would this have been? Myself and my ex-partner, Leanne Marie, that does a lot of your interviewing up north. Um, yeah. We were working, working for, uh, what's that called? The BWE up north, Bradford, that kind of area under Tony, I can't remember what his surname is. And we were both announcers, both commentators, and we kind of took on the British bombshells. And we were like, oh, we're, we're doing you know, female wrestling because we kind of wanted to promote the bombshells brand. And then we kind of started using the term intergender, and yeah. it didn't didn't quite work for us because we don't like to segregate. Like no, yeah. When we, we, we yeah, when you start going and ladies and gents, here's now a ladies match. It just made it feel a bit so yeah. Segregated's the best word for it. Just like ah, ladies match. Does it matter which ladies match, or do we just need one? Mm, you know what I mean? Then we started to kind of drop the wording off. We don't, we're not going to say ladies match. Because we don't say men's yeah. match, so no. why, do, yeah, why, would, why would we say like, ladies match? And I, intergender, if it happens, it happens. If if it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, it's just something we've we kind of gone, you know what? A healthy step forward, let's just erase that word. Let's just be wrestlers. Yes. So I'm, I'm going to be a bit cheeky and say I've not really got one. Okay, cool. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, what, a, 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 recently, yeah, a recent one put him. The front line implode as a fair intergender match. I was like, yes, I want to see that. I want to see Stacey versus Lance versus Jack. Yeah, well, to be fair, Stacey is another one that does not get the credit she deserves. Stacey is mm. absolute trooper, such a good performer, does not get the credit she deserves. So, Stace, if you listen, if you listen to this back, seriously, all the love in the world for you, you are superb. Yeah, they said they tend to either put boyfriend and girlfriend against each other, or they put brother and sister against each other. They seem to, they seem just like to. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I think when people do it, it just feels like it's crowbarring it in for no reason. Kind of like how they do with hardcore, like oh, we're gonna have a light tube match. Mm. So, well, why why are we going out our way to say we need an intergender match? Just let the stories progress, and yeah, whoever's got beef with whoever. Take the story in that direction. Yeah, keep it organic. Cool. And then it's your main event. Right. So I've had a little bit of a think about this. Um, so I was trying to think of what what would I want first show back if there's you know, no issues and blah 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 whatever. So I'm gonna put Drill in there because Drill is a main eventer on any show up yes. and down the country is. I love him to bits, and the fact that I kind of helped create that version of the Drill character, and he ran with it, and he's just made it just the absolute, so much fun. Drill, I can't say enough good about him, so he, Drill would have to be in there. I've picked a four-way match for this, by the way. So, Drill versus Garrett g Bond. Oh, I'm not familiar. He's a um, second-generation wrestler. His dad was um, Soul Man, Dave... Uh, is it Dave? Soulman Bond um, was one half of the person few tag champions. Obviously, we kind of reboot him. Mm-hmm. Um, like the most chiseled guy in the world, the nicest. I was probably going to try ruining his character because he's such a good heel. But the <laughs> nicest. He's the most professional guy you'll ever deal do business with. Nothing is too much trouble, and yeah, nice. whatever whatever you need to 
to get his call with doing this big sort of mohawk on him. So people see baby shark on him. <laughs> he is one of the if he doesn't get signed by WWE or NXT or something then they're, they're doing something wrong but yeah Garrett G is Bond superb guy um, third third person Kit Knox so if, you, if you're familiar with this guy I think he's the next interview I need to listen to uh, that could be it he, <laughs> he's, he's a spitting image of Jon Snow from Game of Thrones oh wow Mixed kind of in with Dolph Ziggler. If Dolph Ziggler and Jon Snow had a baby, it would look like <laughs> like he's, he looks like we, we said earlier that you know, old school trainers say you should look like a wrestler. This is the guy that if you go, yeah, this guy looks like a wrestler. Really chiseled, uh, really tanned. He's got the wrestler haircut down to a T. Like, <laughs> again, that sounds weird. When you see a picture of him, you'll know instantly what I mean. And again, one of the most professional, nicest guys, can never do enough for a show. Just brilliant baby face, just superb guy. Um, and last but not least, obviously in this poor way, it's uh, Troy Goose. Again, I can't say enough good about him. He come, he'll, he'll come up and ask, what do you need for the show? Like, yeah. And if you need to tweak his Troy Goose character, he's so willing to go, you know what, I'll give that a go. Is he... Uh- Oh, is it UBW? He's he's like a like a oh, what do you call it? a jockey type character? Sounds yeah, he's kind of um, got like a sort of gym jock douchebag kind of kind of vibe about him. Well, I say for us, he hmm. came up to me at um, that show you mentioned with the the, the two cool dance off at the end. Yes, um, he came up to me at that show. That's where I first met him. And he was telling me about that version of Troy Goose. And I said, mm, Jim guy, Jack guy. Uh, like that doesn't really interest me. But like three weeks before that show, I got sacked from the, the nine to five job that I was in. So I was dealing with HR all day, every day. I was a bit, was a bit of an idiot. I don't mind admitting that's fine. Mm. And Troy says, well, I said, well, what do you do in your day-to-day job? Just making conversation. He says, well, I work in HR. And my eyes went massive like, oh, it's you that you're you're what i can what i can do this with give me your number give me your number and he's kind of like looking at me a bit strange and <laughs> like i think like, i didn't even wait till i got home like in the car ride home uh usually where we just headed to go to the pub and we just want to have a drink i'm messaging him mate i've got the idea i want you to kind of be like a bit right to censor but british is so it's kind of the hr department he he ran with it. He's the head of what well, what's called it? the head of standards and practices for ethical wrestling. So wow. he, yeah. yeah, he comes out and slags the audience off for gambling, meaning like buying raffle tickets. But he's the most straight faced comedic guy in the world. Like I know we mentioned earlier about yeah the, the comedy match, but mm. like Troy Goose has got the patience of a saint. He can hold that serious face. For so long, I was like, mate, this is brilliant. And then he's just taken it on board and it's superb. Like, he'll be on the Oscar Mania 2 show bit I'm going to send you the link for because it'll yeah. be on, on our YouTube. Like, have a little watch. I think it's third match on the show, our version of Troy Goose. You'll notice a bit right here, right to sense a little bits and pieces. But yeah, no, it's, it's really, really cool. And I really hope other people kind of take on board. I mean, Troy can offer any show, anything. Whatever you want him to do, he'll do it, and he'll do it really bloody well. 
Well, amazing. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch. It. I'll probably watch that after after this. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, that's that's my um, four way main event. That's amazing. That, that's a very good card, especially that tag team match. I'd love to see that match. Yeah, I mean, again, both of these are like pre- I have pretty much picked all press and few talent, haven't I? Um, <laughs> yeah, I have, I have. But then again, that that just says so much about my roster. I want to be around good, talented, professional, trustworthy, honest, fun-loving people. You know, we don't want you don't want anyone in a locker room that you think, you know, what I don't really want to leave my wallet or my phone lying around. Yeah, you don't want that, do you? You just want good people you can trust. So, yeah, I've, I've picked all my roster because. The person she roster are just bloody brilliant. I need to see more of any Wolves. I've only ever seen them in a rumble. Um, uh, not live, I've on YouTube. I mean, they, they, they bring something to the table that... Yeah, you know, they, look like, they look like they're a lot of fun. Yeah. Again, three really good guys, three very different sort of outlooks, and they each bring something different to the table, three different personalities, three different characters. Somehow, somehow they blend together. It's, it's, it's great how they do it. Yeah, I don't know how they did it, but in the Rumble, they all came out at the same time. I don't know, what, I don't know how that worked, but they, they let it happen, <laughs> so it was quite fun. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if they've got like links to matches and stuff like that out there, because I was there, I think they're only about two years into this business, but mm. um, I don't know if Unstoppable Wrestling have got the the match with Ryan and Jack Nudson of AWOL online. If they have, definitely track it down. It is really, really good. But yeah, all of AWOL, three guys, superb. Yeah, they look a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, uh, do you want to promote any social media you have before we go? Um, if, if, if that's okay. I mean, yeah, pretty much everything for Pro Wrestling For You is at Pro Wrestling For You. You know, we've, uh, we're, we're pretty good on that. I think we're one of the only sort of companies that's four initials. Yes. Rather than the, the free initials, plus we've got a number in there, so that that's got to make us unique, if anything, you know. Um, yeah, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram is at Person View. We've got Person View on Demand dot UK. Um, we've got the podcast, which is Snap Crackle and Cheap Pops, uh, with some superb guests, yes, but, with a ter- but with a terrible host. So. <laughs> no, I, I really enjoy it. it just it just it sounds like you're just you're talking to your mates. Oh, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of what, what we kind of wanted to just go for. We just wanted a good chin wag. The only thing that people keep saying to me is because Stokies say like Facebook, and then they overemphasize the book part, like book, Facebook. Like just, just stop it. Just, just stop. <laughs> yeah. Apart from that, it's pressing few on uh, pretty much every social media. And when I think Bebo's making a comeback this year, we're gonna is have it? that as well. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Well, I'll put links to everything in the description below the interview. So I've really enjoyed speaking to you there. I'd love to have you on again in the future when you've got shows to promote. And... Hell yeah, mate. Thank you so much for, for doing this. You, I, I don't get interviewed that often anymore, unfortunately. No, I've really, really enjoyed it. <laughs> it's just nice having you someone else to, to chat to because I don't think we've met each other either. And it's been like no. a really, really nice chinwag. So, mate, thank you so much. <laughs>